What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Ablaze Youth Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at We Are Ablaze. Come on now, say it loud. Say good enough. Say it. Oh, that's so weak. Come on now, say it loud. Say good enough. Say, and that's not. Come on, I want to feel you on the stage. Say good enough. Good enough. Yeah, we got a few. Now, yeah, Jameer's feeling, he's vibing. Listen, you have to understand something, and I want you to embrace tonight's message, and I believe God is going to help you. There's one thing I want you to leave tonight knowing, and it's this simple truth. You are good enough. (laughs) You are good enough. Everyone shout it one more time, good enough. Yeah, you need to leave with that mentality because I see what the devil is doing to our young people today. He is trying to convince you that you're not good enough. And a lot of people have taken this turn in this life as as their minds are being shaped and molded and they think that their happiness is somewhere far off. It's invested in this and it's vested in that. If we can just change who we are, change our appearance, change the way we look, change parts about our being, then we'll be happy. And that is nothing but a lie from the devil. And I know it's a lie because I have the word of God, which is true. And the word of God tells us that you are beautifully, wonderfully made. And the word of God tells us just the way you are is good enough. Say it again, good enough. enough. And so we're going to look at some things tonight. Now understand when it comes to you, God is very pleased. And I need you to understand that. When it comes to you, he's very pleased as his creation. Now what's displeasing to him lots of times is our behavior. And we're going to look at how we need to change our behavior, but it's not, it's not us that he's displeased with, it's our behavior that is displeasing with him from time to time. And so you need to settle that in your heart tonight, because if you think it's something on the exterior, if you think it's something outwardly that's displeasing to him, then you're going to try to change that, and God doesn't want you to change that because God created you. Right? Right? And so if God thinks you're wonderful and if God thinks you're beautiful and if God thinks you're great the way that you are, then we need to stop running from that and we need to start running towards that. Stop rejecting it and start embracing it. One last time, someone say good enough. So let's go all the way to the beginning in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, or no, Genesis 1, verses 27 through 31. And this is what it says. Well, we'll start in verse, verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make people in our image, let to be like ourselves. They will be masters over all life, the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, the livestock, the wild animals, and the small animals. 27. So God created people in his own image. Image God patterned them after himself, male and female, he created them. Now look at this next part. God blessed them and told them to multiply and fill the earth, to subdue it, be masters over the fish and the birds and the animals. And God said, look, I've given you the seed-bearing plants throughout the earth and all the fruit of the trees as food. And I've given all the grasses and the green plants and the animals and the birds for their food. And so it was, verse 31, and this is the important part. Then God looked over all he had made. Someone say, all he had made. And he saw that it was excellent in every way. So when God looked over everything that he made, he looked over it and he said, this is excellent in every way. And when he was looking over everything that he made, you were part of that. 
When he was looking over everything that he made, Adam and Eve, male and female, they were part of that. And the Bible says that God wasn't displeased with that, but instead it was excellent. Out of the Amplified, verse 31 says this, God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good. Someone say very good. And y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You ever had like, I don't know, maybe like a cheeseburger or something and it was overcooked and it wasn't good and then you went back to the same place and they cooked it just right and it was no longer good, it was very good. And the reason it went from good to very good is because it was perfect. It wasn't overdone, wasn't underdone, it was cooked just right. And because it was cooked just right, you know, if it's a little burnt, it can be good. If it's a little underdone, it can be good. But when it's cooked perfectly, it's very good. When God looked at you, he didn't just say, you're good. He looked at you and he said, you are very good. Everyone say, good enough. Happiness is not found in changing who we are, but happiness is found in embracing who God created us to be. I'll say that again. Happiness is not found in changing who you are. And we're going to look at this here in a minute. And I feel some of you kind of resisting. You're like, oh, but we're supposed to change. No, there's something that did change in you. But when it comes to your body, when it comes to your temple that God has created, the part of you that God knew in your mother's womb, he is very pleased with that. And he said it's excellent and it's very good. First Timothy 4, 4 says, for everything God created is good. Amen. There it is again. Everything that God has created is good. And, it, and nothing is to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving. Isaiah 45, 9 says, What sorrow awaits those who argue with the Creator? Does the clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, Stop, you're doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, How clumsy can you be? And when I read this scripture, you know, he's seeing an image of a potter making a clay pot, and he's saying how foolish and silly it would be for that pot to talk back to the one who's shaping it and molding it. Listen, there was divine intervention when you were made. God put his own hands and he was involved in the process. He made you as tall as he wanted you. He made you as short as he wanted you. He chose the color of your skin. He chose your hair. He chose your beard. He chose everything about you, your eye color, everything about you. But what a lot of people are doing, they're not satisfied with what God has created, and so they're arguing with him. Why did you make me this way? And when I say they're arguing with him, I'm not maybe saying they're having a verbal conversation, but when we argue with God about his creation, it's when we try to alter it and change it. Now, maybe this is still a thing amongst teenage culture. I'm not entirely sure if it is. I've been doing youth ministry for so long. I forget what the trends are, whether they're good or bad. But there was a trend about 10, 12 years ago where a lot of teenagers were cutting themselves, and we called it self-mutilation or cutting. Anybody ever heard of that before? Is that still a thing today? Yes. Okay, it's still a thing today. Do you know that that behavior is very displeasing to God? Now, let me tell you, I'm not trying to condemn anybody if anybody has that problem or you do that to your own self, but the reason why it's displeasing to God is because that is the pot arguing with the Creator about the way it was made because you're altering the temple in a way that is not healthy to God's creation. Not only is it dangerous in the physical sense, but it's also dangerous in the mental sense because it's you taking out frustration on God's creation. And the Bible even talks about this in Ephesians when it's coming to husbands and wives, but it says that no man is capable to love and no husband's capable to love his wife if he hates his own self. 
And so he's given us a truth there. The Apostle Paul, when he's talking to the church, he's saying you have to be satisfied with who you are and who God made you to be and comfortable in your own skin before you can ever turn that outwardly and begin to love other people. Someone said, good enough. And so we got to stop arguing with God. I see these things that are being pushed on to young culture where people are finding it acceptable to alter the way they look and they don't understand the danger that lies within it. And they're doing that because they think on the other side of it is happiness, but there's not happiness on the other side of that. They're just arguing with God. Happiness lies in embracing what God has created. Everyone say good enough. I'm going to say that on repeat tonight because I want you to leave knowing that you're good enough. If I can just change this about myself, then maybe I can have that. Listen, I understand uh, I'm going to share a story, and it's, uh, it comes from a place of vulnerability and probably a place of bitterness because I've never really given to the Lord. And, and letting, I had a crush on a girl when I was in seventh grade. If you don't know my high school career, I was extremely short until I was a senior. I was four foot 11 until I was a senior in high school. It's one of the reasons why I stopped playing football is because when everyone else grew and I didn't, I didn't want to die. <laughs> And so I was like, they, they big now, and Robert's still real little. And so I had a little guy complex. I had a big brother, and whenever someone was mean to me because of my size, I would just tell my brother, and then he'd beat him up, and it was a wonderful system. You know, it worked for me, you know. And so my brother, he came in as my protector because his little brother was little. And it took me a long time to grow. And I remember particularly in seventh grade, I still remember this girl. I don't remember her name. I forgot that. I know she had red hair and blue eyes. I remember that. And I asked her out, and I was so confident, man. It's something I still have today, confidence. You know what I mean? If you say almost anything with confidence, people will believe you. <laughs> Whether it's right or wrong, you just got to be confident and go for it. And I just walked up to her, and I was like, this is before I had this complex. And she's part of the reason I had the complex, not you know blaming her. But I asked her out, and I was like, I really like you. I think you're pretty. Will you go out with me? And she looked at me and she was like, you're too short. No, it gets worse. And I forget who the band it was. I think it might have been TLC. This, y'all going to hate this. Uh, I should not, I shouldn't say this from the pulpit, but I'm going to. There was a song that was popular when I was in middle school and it was like, don't want no short, short man, some teeny weeny, itty bitty, short, short man. And all of her friends, every time I was around, they would play that song because it became a joke amongst all of them. Yeah, it was terrible. See, feel bad for me. Yay! <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. But from that moment, this is the truth. I began, uh, thank you, thank you, Jerry. I feel you. We'll hug it out after church. Thank you so much. So I understand what it's like to face natural rejection in that sense. And maybe you face rejection from somebody else, from maybe family members, maybe friends, maybe a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Maybe it's because of some reason. Maybe it's the way you look. Maybe it's your height. Maybe it's something else about you that they rejected. Maybe they were bold like this girl and they said it to your face. Maybe they weren't bold and they just lied to you about it. But what I'm saying is it really was like a dagger in my heart. And I remember I was just so broken that I even told my parents about it. And my dad gave me, dad, you know, dads are just fixers. We fix things, you know what I mean? And my dad, he, this is such a silly answer, and it's not the answer I wanted to hear. But he was like, believe God that you'll grow. And thanks, Pastor Bruce, you know what I mean? That's your solution, believe God that you'll grow. But I did, and I did. And so, you know, I wanted to get six feet, I got 5'11". But anyways, it was such a dagger in my heart. And for the longest time, I didn't feel like I was good enough. It was something about me. And this is what society is like trying to do. And people around you and sometimes even the toxic culture at school, it's something about you that you need to change. 
And if you just change it, then you'll be happy. If you'll just change it, then you can have that girl. If you'll just change it, then you can have that guy. And when we start changing ourselves in that fashion, we are arguing with the potter. As the pot, we're arguing with the one who created us. You know, no one should be allowed to make you feel bad because you're a boy or because you're a girl. God made you male and female. Amen. I'm just going to be real plain with you guys tonight. Is that okay? Yeah. No one should make you feel bad because of whatever ethnicity you are, whether it's Hispanic or whether it's African American or whether it's Asian, no matter if you're white or black, nobody should make you feel bad about the way you look and the color of your temple because that wasn't something you chose. That was something that God chose for you. And then after he chose it, he said, not only is it good, but it's very good. And since God, the creator of the universe, is very pleased with the way that we look, we shouldn't do anything to change it. That's a great spot for an amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Since God, the creator of the universe, is pleased with the way that we look, we shouldn't do anything to change it. Amen. Now, you got to understand what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about dyeing your hair or exercising and lifting weights. You can do all those things. Even the Bible says that exercise profits you little because it keeps you in good health and that stuff. I'm not talking about that stuff. I used to dye my hair all the time when I had more of it. Now I just wear hats. Right? I used to do all that. I used to, I used to shave it and then let it grow and then shave it. And then I reached a certain age and I'm like, if I shave it, I'm not sure it's coming back. So we're just going to hold the line, boys. You know, I'm not saying you can't, you know, braid your hair or have weaves or do all these things, have nails. That's not the things I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Let me give you an example. And maybe it's not the best example. And I don't even know if I should use it. Use it. My man wants me to go in. Do it. A good example of this, and, and I'm not trying to put the individual on, bla on blast, and they're not here to defend themselves. But when I think about this, lots of times I think about the king of pop. I think about Michael Jackson and how much he altered the way he looked, and he was just never satisfied, even to the degree of changing the color of his skin and surgery on his face. To where he got so far away from what God was creating. It was just like, whoa, dude, what are you doing? And I know he passed away, but that's just a really good example. And then we see this stuff in Hollywood. And they're like, I mean, some of these people that are celebrities, you look at like one of their Instagrams from five years ago, and then they've had so much augmentation and, and they've changed so much. Like the Kardashians, I, I don't even recognize. If someone doesn't tell me who it is, I don't know who it is. They just look so different from year to year. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And so we have, and, and, and they're trying to hold up this facade and maintain this image. And because of that, they're constantly damaging the temple that God has created. And then even further, if somebody's struggling with identity and who you are, changing who you are won't fix that. Getting in God is what fixes that. Amen. Changing physical things about your body mutilating your body is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. A relationship with him is the answer. And I say this all the time, and the reason why I say it is because it's exactly what happened in my life. Jesus is the cure for the insecure. Once I got lost in him, it's all of a sudden I was able to embrace who I really was. Once I grew in my relationship with Jesus, then I didn't care if a girl rejected me because I had something far greater. 
And my happiness was no longer wrapped up in your approval or their approval. Now my happiness is wrapped up in something that's eternal. It's God's approval. Everyone say good enough. Now, when you got born again, something did change. And we're going to look at that in a minute. But first, I'll read this scripture, Ephesians 2.10, Amplified. For you are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us long beforehand, taken paths which he has set so that we would walk in them, live in the good life which he has prearranged and made ready for us. Listen, we are his masterpiece, and his masterpiece must be protected. Amen. This is one reason why I abstain, not only because it, I don't believe in mind-altering drugs, but I abstain from alcohol, and I abstain from uh, you know, marijuana, and I abstain from harder drugs because I don't want to defile the temple of God. Amen. Oh, come on now. Amen. Right? Whenever I get into a state where I'm not thinking in my, my, right, my right mind, I'm putting myself in harm's way. And I'm not carefully watching over what God has created that is good. Amen. Everyone say good enough. Amen. And so we have to, now here we go, we have to embrace who we are, but we have to watch how we live. Embrace who we are, but be careful how we live. Or you could say it this way. Embrace who you are, but watch over your behavior. And your behavior is really what God wants us to change. He doesn't want us to change all this. He created this. And I spent a lot of time talking about it because the Lord wants you to get that tonight. He is satisfied with this. What he wasn't satisfied with is something on the inside of us that was negatively affecting our behavior that was seen by the world, and that was our sin nature that was given to us by our father and our mother, Adam and Eve, all those years ago when they sinned and committed high trespassing. And so what happened was, is when they sinned, we were given a sin nature, and God saw that that was a problem because he knew that that sin nature would forever affect our behavior, and as long as it affected our behavior, we could never walk with him, we could never grow with him, we could never receive from him, so he did something to fix it. He sent his son Jesus. And when Jesus came and he died, that miserable death, and he was on that cross, and then he went to hell, and then he was raised to new life, and he took his blood, and he put it on the mercy seat for you and I. Now we have an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And when that happens, the book of Corinthians says that all the old things are passed away. Everything is made new. And so what he did is he took that sin nature out of us, he removed it, and then he made us new creations. So when you got born again, nothing out here changed, but something in here radically changed. Noah, if you're back there, if you want to bring me that, or Cody's already got it. Hey, hey, gang, gang, my man is on it. And so I have an apple. Everyone say an apple. An apple. And so this is the point when I was studying this last week, and I was so excited, and then the power went out. And I was like, no, I can't preach. This is, the, this is really what, ah, oh, it's so good. Everybody is trying to change this. Maybe this apple wants to be an orange. Maybe it wants to be a banana. And so it goes and sees like a banana plastic surgeon. It's like, turn me into a banana. And it's like, Meh. and then it's like, no, I'm not happy as a banana because there's never happiness in pursuing something that God didn't create. Right? But God created this, so I'm going to be satisfied with this. But what God did do is he changed us on the inside. And we know this over in Ezekiel 36, 26, 27 says, I will give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Someone say, good enough. Good enough. 
and I'll put my spirit in you and I'll move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep all my laws. Now, real quick, go over to Ephesians 5. If you have your Bibles, this is going to be hard with one hand. Everybody say, good enough. Now, this is a lot of reading. Verse 7 says, don't participate in the things people do. Verse 8. For though your hearts were once full of darkness, now you're full of light. Everyone say, I'm full of light. You're full of light from the Lord, and your behavior should show it. So, first thing tonight, understand that God's pleased with all this. And he wants us to take care of all this. He doesn't really care about your nails and, and your eyebrows. Y'all be crazy cutting your eyebrows. I don't know. I'm at that age where I'm not sure if stuff's going to grow back, so I'm not putting racing stripes on my eyebrows. I'm just not doing it. I'm going to leave that to you guys. You look really cool when you do it. It's not going to work on me. You know what I mean? And so, God, I'm not talking about those types of things. I'm talking about being satisfied with this. Amen. But look at what he does want us to change. Your behavior should reflect it. Everyone say, my behavior, my behavior. should reflect it. So what we love. Uh, for though your hearts were once full of darkness, now you're full of light of the Lord, and your behavior should show it. For this light within you, say within me, this light within you produces only what is good, what is right, and what is true. Try to find out what is pleasing the Lord. Take no part in worthless deeds uh, of take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, rebuke and expose them. It is shameful to even talk about things that the ungodly people do in secret. But when the light shines on them, it becomes clear how evil these things are. And where light shines, it exposes their evil deeds. This is why it is said, "Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light." There's a light that's living on the inside of you, and the light that's living on the inside of you has now empowered you to find out what his decrees are, find out what is right with God, and then let your behavior reflect that. Essentially what God did, he didn't change exterior what looked, but he changed something on the inside of you. This is not an apple seed. This, and I've been messing it up, I say avocado. How do you guys say it? I'm hearing the same thing. Avocado. 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 I'm saying it right, right? Avocado. It's my, it's my Colorado, New York accent getting me. It's an avocado. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'm going to hold it up, and whatever it's called, y'all scream it. That's what this was. So I took all the apple seeds out of this, and I put an avocado seed on the inside of it. And then look at this. Now, what's so great about this, nothing on the exterior of this has changed. But yet, because the seed on the inside has been changed, it can never produce that fruit that it used to produce. See, the seed of apple has been taken out of this and it's been replaced with a and so now if I put the seed that's on the inside of this in the ground, it's not going to produce apples. It's going to produce Listen, the seed inside of you has been changed. Amen. And nothing out here has changed. Amen. But yet everybody can see that something has changed because your seed has changed. Therefore, the fruit that you now produce will be different than the fruit you used to produce. And it has nothing to do with this because remember, God is pleased with this. 
God created this and he looked at it. He said, it's excellent. It's good. It's very good. I'm so pleased with this apple, but I'm not pleased with the fruit that it's producing. So let me do something. And this explains the entire work of Jesus Christ. He opened us up. He took that sin nature out. And now he said, I've changed you. Not on the outside because I'm satisfied, but you've been changed from the inside out. Now let your behavior, because that's the part that's displeasing to him. The apple's not displeasing to him. It was the seed that was inside of it. You're not displeasing to him. He loves all this. He made all this. Be proud of all this. Now I got to say it to the guys and the girls today. You know, wear the appropriate clothing. Hallelujah. I don't know about some of these pants these guys be wearing. It's just revealing way too much, you know what I mean? I ordered some from H&M, and I put them on, and I was like, nope, not preaching in that. There's no way I'm getting on stage wearing that. And I took them back. I was like, I need a bigger pair. This is too snug. You know, we're not supposed to put certain stuff on display, guys or girls. Amen. Thank you for that one amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> but at the same time, be proud of what God has created. Amen. Come on, someone say amen. Be proud of what God has created. But then also understand that he's changed something in you. And since he's changed something in you, you now can produce good fruit. You guys got time for one more scripture, don't you? Amen. I want to read this to you over in Luke 6, and then we'll wrap up in a couple weeks. Cody's going to preach next week, and we'll finish the week after that. Luke chapter 6. I want to get here. Verse 43 through 45. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. The root of your tree has been completely changed. And I need you to understand this tonight. Two things. This, it's good. Be happy with it. But also you need to know this. The fruit you used to produce before Jesus, you no longer even have the strength to produce that anymore. You shouldn't even entertain that stuff. Don't even think about that stuff. Don't acknowledge that stuff. Because that's who you used to be. That's not who you are. Amen. This stuff has changed. And this is what the devil loves to do. He loves to bring up past failures, past sins, past mistakes, to try to convince you that you're the same, but you're not the same. You look the same because God's pleased with it, but something inside of you is radically different now. And the fruit you used to produce, you no longer produce it. Now, when I say fruit, that's just a biblical word for the behavior you used to have, you no longer have. Why? Because your root system's been changed. Verse 44, a tree is identified by the kind of fruit it produces. Figs never grow on thorns bushes and grapes on a barbel bush, whatever that is. A good person produces good deeds from a good heart. And an evil person produces evil deeds from an evil heart. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Everybody say good enough. And this is what's so amazing about you as a believer. You're good inside and you're good outside. Amen. All was left to do is make sure every day, and now understand, it's something I'm working at. I'm trying to get better at it. My behavior every day, all day, is pleasing to God. Right? Just like that scripture said, find out what's pleasing to him. Now, I love this. Colossians, when we get a revelation of this, this is so important. When we understand that we're good on the outside, so I don't have to change it, and I'm good on the inside, I don't have to change it, then we're set free to live by this scripture, Colossians 1.10. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. 
You know who live in a way, people who don't live in a way that's pleasing and honoring to God, it's two, one of two things. They think there's something wrong here, and they think there's something wrong here. But you're not like that. You know that this is good, and you know that something's changed in here. Now you're empowered in all the ways you live. You can honor and please God. Amen. And it's something we work at. Every single day, I'm going to live better tomorrow than I did today. I'm going to be a better disciple tomorrow than I am today. I'm going to be better at showing this new fruit of my new heart. I'm going to be better at showing the world that Jesus lives inside of me. And I don't show the world that Jesus lives inside of me by changing something out here. I show the world that Jesus lives in me by something changing in here. And now my behavior, the way I talk to people, the way I treat people, the way I conduct myself with the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, temperance, self-control. That's the fruit that people are going to see. And when they see that fruit, instead of seeing anger, Instead of seeing bitterness, instead of seeing rage, when they see this fruit because of the new seed that's on the inside of me, they'll be able to identify me and say, wow, they belong to Jesus. And I didn't change anything out here. But my behavior has changed because the power of God's seed that lives on the inside of me. Then you'll always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. Someone say good fruit. All the while, you'll grow and learn to know God better and better. And so this is what we have to understand. In the next couple weeks, we're going to be looking at how to do this. But you're a good tree. Leave tonight knowing that. God loves you. He's pleased with you. But he wants us to work on some things. He wants us to work on the fruit that we're producing day in and day out that identifies who we are to this world. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We want to remind you, if you'd like to join us in person, we meet every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. here in Madison, Alabama. We are Ablaze Youth Ministries, grades 6 through 12. We hope to see you. Otherwise, be sure to keep on listening to the podcast.